You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There is a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for February 3rd, 2017. It's not safe for work. Live from the real National Prayer Breakfast after the official National Prayer Breakfast, it's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Everybody know that we held off recording this until Friday afternoon so we could bring you the latest details on the uh, the shocking Bowling Green Massacre um, and and Frederick Douglass's shameful silence in the yes, face of the massacre. Yes, yes, uh, right. Frederick Douglass, a great guy who's done great things and great work. Probably. Uh, but he uh, fell down on the job. He did. About the Bowling Green Massacre that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Frederick uh, Douglass. I want to I want to give a big hat tip for that joke because we only steal from the best. The, the best we we do steal from the best. Mm-hmm. At Natasha Rothwell, she is an L.A. writer and comedian, and she wrote that, and we appreciate it. This is what we're dealing with is um, once again alternate realities being pushed as real, yeah. and it's not. And and it is. I think Charlie Pierce is absolutely right. This is the culmination of forty years of Republican politics. This is not. He stole it from me. He right. stole from you. <laughs> See, he, he only steals from the best too. Well, we are in complete agreement about this. Yes, correct, yeah. correct. And Fox News, Fox News, Fox News is the original yeah. fake news, the original propaganda machine. And the difference, what the real difference with this administration is we now have a ministry of propaganda yes, in the White House mm-hmm. that uh, is, you know, when you think about it, it's not surprising at all that someone like Trump who gets their policies from Fox News. No, Fox would... News is too liberal, really, for him. <laughs> he gets straight from the Breitbart comment sections. <laughs> Actually, no, uh, th- I'm going to disagree with you on that several times in the past two weeks. You're right. Donald yeah. Trump has tweeted directly verbatim from whatever was going on on Fox News during that half hour. Yeah, he, he, he lit. And th- this is um, w- this is we've lost our ability to exaggerate or hyperbolize about right. what this right. guy does. Right. Uh, the, the Fox and Friends Chiron mm-hmm. becomes Donald Trump's um, tweet right. in, within 15 minutes. Right. Right. And because there is no one – and this is an important distinction, um, and Charlie Pierce made this point today, uh, as as have a lot of people. Um, it's not that there's no one in the White House who can stop him. It's that we can now all stop pretending that there's anyone in the Republican Party who doesn't capitulate to fascists mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if given the slightest push. This is who they've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. They didn't want him to be orange. They didn't want him to come out of the entertainment world. They wanted him to be white and come out of the Fox world. That mm-hmm. was the sort of the plan. That he was their Kwisat Haderach. He was the, you know, the, the end of the generations-long breeding program to breed the perfect fascist who could match up hand in glove with the millions and millions of idiots they have lobotomized for you know, 20 years. And this guy came out of left field to claim that title. He came a little bit too early. But this is the sort of governance that Republican leaders have been engineering their party to accept and work with for years. And so there is not that no one will slap the phone out of his hand. Nobody wants to slap the phone out of his hand because they are craven, cowardly, 
traitors. Well, and, and what are they going to get from this guy? Tax the cuts. things that he's crazy doing mm-hmm. don't matter to them. Exactly. And the things that he will, they can put in front of him and sign the repeal of Dodd Frank, the repeal of regulations and tax cuts for billionaires. Mm-hmm. He's going to do that for them. And then, and then the question comes down to, will he out, I don't mean outlive in a living sort of way, but will no. he outlast his usefulness? Yeah. What's his shelf life? Yep. That's what everyone's asking. And I want to stop for a minute. I'm going to stop talking about Trump for just a minute. That's a great idea. <laughs> and point out to people who are listening to us, who write us, who email us and say, uh, you know, you keep us sane, your therapy on the check. You know, it's the memo <laughs> on the check is therapy, right? Uh-huh. You and I have in the past four weeks since the inauguration been to the doctor to talk with him about stress. Yes. And I think it's really important that everyone listening to us listen to their bodies, listen to their souls, listen to what is going on with themselves, Mm -hmm. ourselves, and take care. And if that means a break from politics, you are not abandoning the resistance by staying healthy. No. Um, You are not abandoning anyone by staying healthy. Mm -hmm. And it really is see to your own oxygen needs first and then assist everyone else. This this is exactly this. The instructions they give you on a plane in Mm -hmm. distress. Mm -hmm. Put your own oxygen mask on first and then help those around you. Right. Um, Right. And mm -hmm. so I just want to say that from the standpoint of I think sometimes um, we come across as people who just sort of function perfectly in this environment of politics and gaslighting and fake news and propaganda and bowling green maskers just getting pulled out of her butt. You know? Yeah, we are indestructible blue gals. Yeah, yeah. No, no, we're not. We're human. No. We have issues same as everyone else. We have, but I, th- I do think because you and I are in it 24-7 and have yeah. each other, Yes. We have more tools than maybe some other people do to say, oh, wait, I, I mean, I know I have said to you three times this week, <laughs> and it always alarms Junior Dude, uh-huh. I've had enough politics, and it's usually around 7 or 7.30 at night, yeah. you will see tears welling up in my eyes, and I just say, oh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And you are very good for me hmm? to take your very large hand... <laughs> Put it on the back of my laptop and put and shut it. Right. And say you no, you are done. You are going that's... to go sit with a novel or crochet or knit or have a glass of wine or whatever it is, watch a movie, whatever it is that is not this. Well, that's that's the patriarchy. Saturation. <laughs> you know, I just have to tell ladies what to do with their time and their bodies. That's just but, me. But I dragged you to the doctor this week. Yes, you did. And we're not going to get into the details except to say stress. I mean, he asked about stress and depression. Uh-huh. And uh, you said yes and yes. Yes and yes. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So... I'm, not, I'm not stupid. I'm not no. ignorant of, of how my body works. Right, right. Uh-huh. And it's not as if, you know, uh, we're both being prescribed massive quantities of lithium and, and self-medicating or... Not yet. Uh, not yet. You know, mm-hmm. you, you do have all that good scotch I back do. in the kitchen from our I listeners. Do. And you don't. You make sure I don't run out of Malbec. So no. Um, no. And and we, we. I mean, we joke about it, but we are very judicious about uh, anything. Yeah. That's mood altering in the yeah. slightest. No, you and I are uh, one drink minimum. I maximum yeah. people. I mean, we just yeah. don't. 
do that. But um, I'm just I'm just saying, be aware. We're human too. Mm-hmm. We we know that this is not normal. This is yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. And the president of the United States is insane. Yeah, we know that. We know that. And mm-hmm. and the prayer breakfast was just one of dozens and dozens of examples from the past seven days. Yes. Seven. Well, that 12 days. Prove but yeah. that. Well, I'm yeah. just thinking last seven days ago we recorded a podcast. So that's yes, why I'm, I'm saying that. Um, and and, you know, taking a prayer breakfast and saying the word hell and and right. talking about Schwarzenegger's ratings and just not able to control right having zero impulse control and and well, clearly why something's wrong with this guy well and again why should he yeah um i'm president i can do whatever the fuck yeah. i want i i have uh, i have 60 x million people and would have won the vote if they hadn't cheated the cheateries yeah. The, yeah. the cheater yeah. bastards um and if i want to go into a prayer i mean on the one hand how how do you fuck up a prayer breakfast? How do you fuck up relationship with Australia? Yeah, th- those are what we call <laughs> in the business a fucking layup yep. on an empty court with no referees. <laughs> the, it's the easiest thing in the world not to screw up a prayer yeah. breakfast and a call with one of your closest allies who's had your back for a century. More even than anyone else some, since World even War II. You've done right. some really hairy shit in that yep. time. Yep. Australia yep. has stood by us. And yet this asshole decided, yeah, what the fuck, you know? And, and it's, but that's, but it is the guy who goes into every party mm-hmm. and, and just slaps the shit out of somebody because yeah. he has to, you know, pisses in every corner because yep. he has to establish basic mammalian dominance over every space because he knows he's a loser and he knows he's a liar and he knows mm-hmm. that more people in this country despise him mm-hmm. and that his, his cadre, his cohorts are, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're morons. Yeah. You know, you're king of all morons. Good for you. Uh, and he has to assert that as if the this president of the United States seal and the two centuries of tradition that go with it isn't enough. Yeah. It yeah. has to be, you know, I have to put a big old gold T on it. And the way I do that is by getting up in your face. And, and the flip side of that is uh, unplugging the recording machine when uh, Putin's Oh, yeah. On. When Putin's on the phone, we don't record that one. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because I get to do that because I'm and, a president. And, and backing up just for a minute, I do want to say I am not happy with the way Australia treats refugees, and I'm no. not happy with their immigration policy, which is basically, we have no immigration, you're not allowed to come here, and mm-hmm. that's it. <laughs> and and it's important to, to go and look at that and say, look, there are human rights violations happening at these camps. The people, and the people that, the 1,200, not 2,000, because, no. you know, Trump has been getting that wrong all week, mm-hmm. um, people that are basically stranded in the wilderness, literally, in Australia, um, that is a humanitarian uh, act on our part to mm-hmm. bring those people here. And that that is what all of it is. I have been so impressed this week with particularly um, the Jewish protesters who have uh, pushed back so hard on this refugee situation of recognizing that this is a repeat of our United States shameful history during the Holocaust. Yes, it absolutely is. And calling us out for it, calling us to behave in a moral manner Mm -hmm. uh, and to remember a time when we did not do that and we will never be that country again. 
And we are that country. This is this is the thing that got junior dudes so upset yesterday was the poll numbers on Trump's turning off immigration is, right. you know, more than half pe- of the people in this country think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fear of foreigners and the fear of different religions, even though, you know, the majority of people talking this way don't go to church, don't practice religion, aren't religious people, don't think about God or prayer in an average week. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they're Muslim, you know, they're not Christian, so we're they're our enemy, comes up over and over again. I'm telling you, when you scratch a anti-immigrant, Muslims are out to kill us, asshole, mm-hmm. on Twitter, no offense, Driftglass. I know. But your people. You'll find out <laughs> more often than not. More often. find out Murphy. 80% of the time, it's Murphy, Kelly, yeah, O'Hanahan. Mm-hmm. If, if they have their real name up there, they're Irish. And having looked up, and, and I knew all of this history, but going and finding documentation to throw at people was helpful. The time to, from the 1860s to, the, to actually the 20th century. Yes. Where the Irish were considered terrorists. Yes, we were. And, <laughs> and uh, they want to overthrow American uh, democracy for the Pope. They're a different religion. They are animals. They want to blow up buildings. They want to kill us. Uh, they're violent, and they're in love with alcoholism, and they are just unwelcome here, and we need to cut them off and not allow any more Irish into the United States. That was the history of America in the late 19th century. Yeah. And it, Irish need not apply. You know, there were signs all over. It is It is just, there was just so much anti-Irish bigotry. Yeah. And now you, you look at this and the, <laughs> the comments when I bring this up and say, look, you know, it's a good thing that, and, and I have Irish blood in me. Most white Americans, by the way, have some Irish blood in them. We get around. Yeah. <laughs> you do. We yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, the, the, um, when, you, when you push back on this and, and say, you know, it's a good thing that our potato famine refugee ancestors got in before Trump turned it off. Don't forget dirty and drunk. <laughs> dirty and drunk. Uh-huh. And carrying disease, don't forget. That's right. right? That's right. Uh-huh. And they're Catholic. Which, you oh, know, that's yeah. the papists are going to take over America. Might as well be Muslim. Might as well be Muslim because they're violent and they're not the true Christian faith. So right. that's that. And and when you push back on that, <laughs> it is just like I'm an independent. You I'm know, when independent. you push somebody and, and say, you voted for Bush twice, I don't have to trust you on politics. You can't tell me how I voted. I'm an independent. And I can look, vote for anybody. You know. And then look at their profile. Yeah. Conservative Christian, loves God, wife, three kids, ex-military, I have a lot of guns, MAGA. And like, <laughs> I, you know, in, in 140 characters or whatever it is, yeah. I now know everything I need to know about you as a political person. Right. I know I never need to listen to a fucking word you have to say. But, because but you this are, last, when I push back on them and their yeah. na- last name is Murphy or Murphy. Kelly or whatever it is. This is the and... text we get for saving Western civilization. <laughs> No, but I push back at the, you know, your potato famine refugee, refugee right. ancestors, yep. you know, got in because there was no, there was no immigration law 
period. It was the great, as I said to one person, it was the grace of a Protestant God That's and the right. lack of tuberculosis that <laughs> let you into this country. Well, and, and, <laughs> and a need for a lot of cheap labor. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Che- cheap manual labor. Yes, absolutely. indeed. Because you know, slaves that, are expensive, honey. Slaves, so slaves, slaves weren't, expensive. weren't around in the North either. So, um, But when I say that, and you know how when you say you voted for Bush twice and it, it comes back to you, knee-jerk, you can predict it immediately, I'm an independent. I'm an independent. When you, say, independent. When you say your or our, and I will say our, potato family refugee ancestors, you get back, I'm Native American. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm I'm one twelfth Native American, so that doesn't count. Uh-huh. And uh, so one of your drunken Irish ancestors raped a Native American woman. That's nice to know. That's nice. In addition to being drunkard and violent and uh, shipping dynamite back home to kill the queen, right? You're also from from a rape victim. You know, you are the the progeny of a rape victim. Good. Well, Good well, for you. That fortunately that all ended in the 20th century. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> there was a, a little group we like to call the Irish Republican Army. Exactly. And that's uh, why my grandmother hated the Irish. Yeah. Was because even though, you know, dirty shameful history she cannot claim as a Campbell that she's 100% Scottish, right? Because I'm sorry, as you said Driftglass your people got around. <laughs> yeah, we did. We got everywhere. Everywhere there was an open bar, yep. you would find us. And a few ladies, you know, you would find some activity. So, well, and, and a book of verse that needed oh, to be yeah. read. <laughs> my father wooed my mother because he knew how to say the prologue of Canterbury Tales in Middle English. See? And was, that was it. She, she was, was she was lost. That there's yeah. no there's no hope after that, right? Yeah. When an apple marches, Serlesuta. I can't even say it anymore. I don't remember it. But yeah, he did. He did that whole thing, and he ha- and you know he's a man of Chicago, and he has that deep voice just like you do, your glasses. Uh-huh. Bad, bad. Yeah, just yeah. Melt your panties right away. You're gone. You know. I can't that's speak it. to that. I can't speak. To that. <laughs> yes, you can, mm-hmm. but you but, won't, and that that means you're a gentleman. I'm a, but I yeah, try. but my grandmother, you know, she those Irish, they just want to kill the queen and blow up Buckingham Palace. They should just uh, go to hell. You know, they should all be in prison. All of and the all Irish, those... all the Northern Ireland, all of Northern Ireland should be turned into a prison camp. As far and as all those, concerned. all those yeah. good Americans, all those yeah. good red-blooded Americans and yep. good red-blooded American politicians and American congressmen oh, yeah. no, who that's... ship money and support over to mm-hmm. a terrorist organization. Yep. Well, and, and what is you... the number one religion in the Congress today? Uh, Catholic? Irish Catholic. Catholic. Irish Catholics <laughs> are the majority yeah. in the Congress. So, I mean, we have come full circle and they have, you know, assimilated eventually a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, that's the other argument you get is, well, you know, Muslims are never going to assimilate. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> and you think, you know what? I hate to tell you this, and this is going to make a lot of... Uh, uh, people mad, <laughs> but intermarriage is inevitable, regardless of the religion, regardless of the skin color, regardless of anything. People like to pair up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, really I mean, do. I mean, even uh, first of all, the ghost of Al Smith and and John Kennedy would like a word with you in the alley if you yeah. <laughs> any of that shit. <laughs> Secondly, um, even in our central Illinois area. Where there are a lot of people who have a lot of really firm, mm-hmm. uh, if polite, opinions about race. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, it is absolutely normal to see uh, grandma at the store with her obviously mixed race grandchildren. Yeah. Who she clearly loves dearly, like yeah, Barack right. Obama. Right. And right. it because you live with people, you, you're with them, you you get to know them, you get to love them, you you sleep with them, you marry them. That's what really does happen among humans. This is why Southern white bigots were so opposed to school desegregation. Right. Right. Because they didn't want the, the whole miscegenation means, you know, mixing blood. Yeah. They yep. were terrified that their Simon pure white blood would be tainted by the impure blood of those people. And that's why the Loving versus Virginia decision mm-hmm. says, you know, the, the, the preamble is God in his wisdom separated mm-hmm. the races. God yeah. wants you not to go touch her. And that that guy. was the that was the anvil that sunk that entire case. Yes, was those words immediately yeah. made it unconstitutional. You, you and said, you know the great state of Alabama, home of Jeff Sessions, huh? uh, I Loving versus Virginia changed federal law, and federal law trumped state law. So, slowly, h- hate to use that word. <laughs> Trump, well, it did. It trumped state law in terms of. Um, if the police broke in on a married couple right. of mixed race, the couple could sue, right? right. And and they had that right. So it was not you – know, those those miscegenation laws were no longer enforced unless the cops wanted to get sued and fired and have a lot right. of trouble. But the great state of Alabama, home of Jeff Sessions, did not remove the anti-miscegenation plank from their constitution. In Alabama, everything is in the constitution. Yes, it's it the is. The longest constitution in the world. There is no local control. It's all state constitution amendments for ev- for everything from badger hunting to miscegenation laws. Everything's in the constitution. It was not removed from the constitution until guess when, Drift Glass? What? Oh, I, I, I would guess two thousand. You're right. Right on. Well, it's right a, on the it's a, right on the money. It's an area that I happen to know something about. Mm-hmm. One of those mm-hmm. weird little things that I happen to know. And it had to about. be done by the voters. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing about that is, I think I've said this on the podcast before now that I think about it, uh, a lot of people in Alabama, and I lived in Alabama at the time that that was done, uh, a lot of people in Alabama vote no on every single amendment to the Constitution, even one like that, uh-huh. because they want a new Constitution. So yes. they want the Constitution to have a miscegenation statute in it to point out how awful it is. Right. They do it, they do it strategically. Um, strategically on purpose. Those reasons. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. So, okay, but we've gotten a little off track. I did I did want to point out about watch your mental health, and I did want to point out about um, this immigration thing that really this remember the history of your own people. <laughs> well, like like Jewish voters and Jewish protesters have done this week, huh? Irish people need to do that too. Well, and and this is the thing that just pisses me off mm-hmm. about my people. First of all, your people. Most most of my people, a lot of my people, many of my people are wonderful people, wonderful people, mm-hmm. uh, delightful, tolerant, um, um, rich storytelling tradition and so forth. Uh, but the actual history of people in America, the actual history of the Irish in America and Italians in America is wonderful. It's awesome. It's a it's a it's a R rated movie mm-hmm. and they want the G rated version. Mm-hmm. They want the song of the South version of the South. Right, and right. that's and and it just screws you because you know you can't that lie. Um, I forget the quote lie that you know you bury a lie it will always come back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You can't escape your past. You cannot escape the consequences of previous generations. You can escape what they did. You can you can improve it, 
But this election was a massive backlash against essentially their own selves. Yeah. These are yeah. millions of people. And this uh, – I don't want to jump ahead too far, but this is um, – my notes tell me – we talked about this yesterday – that Donald Trump lifts the veil on the noumenal universe. Yes, and I want you to explain this. This was a long conversation actually at the doctor's office while we were waiting for the doctor to come in. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, explain what that is. I, I will give you my best. Um, been out of school for a while now. <laughs> uh, philosophy 201 description of what that means. Um the noumenal universe, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing, is the idea is that there's the phenomenal universe, which is what you perceive with your senses. So I see a chair, I see a desk, I see a shirt, I see a pair of pants, I see a woman, I see a man, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And they're all different. Here's you know, There's 20 chairs in a room. They all look a little bit different. Some are tall, some are small, some are broken, some are upholstered. And there's the noumenal universe, which is where the essence of things live. So the, the perfect idea of chairness lives there. And all of its... Um, uh, imperfect iterations or various iterations. Th- that's all we can see with our senses. But beyond our senses, there's this noumenal universe where the, the perfect distillation of things exist. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yep. Yep. And, so in other words, there is the idea of a chair, which right. is the ideal chair in uh-huh. in perfect chairness. definitive chairness right. is that thing. And then everything else, every chair in the universe has is in some way meet, fails to meet the standard of the perfect yes. chair, but includes enough to be identified as a chair. Well, right? and, you, and you are you are can and you as a human, we as humans existing in the you know three and four dimensional universe cannot perceive of this ideal. Okay. Uh, this tr- okay. You, we can't transcend the physical universe to see the ideal, perceive the ideal. Okay. Okay. And what Donald Trump has done, and I've alluded to this before, but I wanted to use this particular approach for the five philosophy majors who listen to this show. <laughs> uh, and who will write us. <laughs> and you got it wrong. Um, I'm, sure I, I'm sure I am. I'm sure I did. Is that he has stripped away the phenomenal vision, the phenomenal political universe mm-hmm. where people can hide behind things. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he has exposed the nominal purity of David Brooks mm-hmm. and Matthew Dowd and David Frum and Republicans who support Donald Trump and the absolute hollowness of the both siderist lie. Mm-hmm. There, there, before Donald Trump, there was always a way. There was always a place where you could hide. Mm-hmm. There was always a way you could scuff up the the phenomenal universe and say, "Well, yeah, sure, it looks. I, I look like a bigot, but I'm not really a bigot, you know." But this has peeled away, and, and now we can see. David Brooksism in its perfect essence, mm-hmm. which is complete, absolute denial of reality. And cowardice. Yeah. Absolute yep. core down to his loafers, cowardice. We can see that Matthew Dowd, who is a fundamentally ridiculous person, I would never mention it, but he is the chief political analyst for one of our three major networks in this country, so you know he gets his due. Um is a cult member. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in, very literally. If Matthew Dowd ever had to acknowledge that the Republican Party is mostly to blame for most of our problems because their voters are nuts and Democrats are not. Uh, we have our problems, but we're not. Um, his identity would unravel. Mm-hmm. I don't mean his political, his, his financial situation, which would, of course, be reversed immediately because he'd be fired for saying the truth. And there's, we have a little story about that later on in the podcast. But I mean, he's, he was the Bush guy. 
Mm-hmm. He was the architect. He and Karl Rove built the reelection campaign of George W. Bush, and he watched everything he sold his soul to turn to shit. And he couldn't face it. He couldn't. He could not cope with it. And I believe he had a breakdown. I believe yeah. he went a little funny in the head. And mm-hmm. one way that might manifest itself is he realizes that, oh, my God, the Republican Party is full of monsters. Yeah. Holy shit, liberals are right. But he can't do that because that would then that would then refract back on his core personality, which is what sort of idiot am I? What sort of hollow, loathsome toad am I that didn't see this coming, that that ran against it, that mocked people who said this was true? So he had he's had to invent a completely fake worldview. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will quote you one tweet from yesterday, very short, uh, from Mr. Dad, who blocks me. So I have to use nefarious reasons to uh, receive his communiques. Yes. But uh, he said, folks, I don't believe Trump voters or GOP voters or Dem voters are the problem. The problem is we need leadership that embraces integrity. <sighs> people who go out and choose things based on information aren't the problem. Mm-hmm. And and it's, it is that kind of and, – and there's part of me that says I wish I had 10 minutes alone with this guy uh, just to say – just to back him into a corner. But I know that's futile because I'm, I have a really frightening feeling. He's sincere. He's that – mentally unhinged or mentally fragile that he dare not admit that his life is a lie and everything he believes is bullshit. So he's willing to believe half of what he believes is bullshit, but he has to drag the left along with him. And this is also exposed that the existence of Donald Trump has exposed the fact that, oh my God, the, the, the Republican Party, the base of the Republican Party really are racist, malignantly, malignantly ignorant uh, people. They really are. All the stuff liberals have been telling you about what Republican base voters are like, holy shit, it's all true. There's no way to scuff it up anymore. There's no way to lie about it anymore. They will continue to do that. But there's a certain um, Trump has exposed like a blast of x-rays. Everything liberals have been saying about the media, that it is completely untrustworthy and rotten right down to the to the floorboards. There are good people in it. But if I turn on, I turned on my television last night for two seconds and saw Chris Matthews interviewing Kellyanne Conway. And I tuned in later and who do I see before me? But Hugh Hewitt. She's a compulsive liar. And Hugh Hewitt is an utterly hollow, debased, fake journalist who has jumped up from crackpot right wing radio. What the fuck are these? And everyone around them knows it. All the viewers know it. So why are these people on television? Well, because that's the business model. That's Phil Griffin's business model. That's the business model of the corporation that is in charge of presenting you an entertainment program dressed up as news. So there isn't any more gray in this particular universe. There are things that we disagree about. There are things that, 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 we, that we tussle about. There's things that we you know, sincerely disagree about on the left. But there is no more way to pretend that the right has anything left in it but fascists and morons and exploiters. That's all they are. And it is now permissible to sort of treat them that way. Um, And that's what Donald Trump has done. He has really kind of exposed the basic kernel of who these people are who have fucked up this country from all the way from Breitbart and Limbaugh to Dowd and Fromm and Gerson. and, uh, and, and, And here's the thing. The thing that drew this to my attention was Jennifer Rubin. Um, somebody sent me a, somebody shit, shit. I hate agreeing, agreeing with Jennifer Rubin. She's awful. But holy shit. You know, she went on a tear about how Jason Chaffetz is, is a soul-dead scumbag. I'm, I'm misquoting her. But Jason Chaffetz, who had a bug up his ass, you know, to 
persecute Hillary Clinton and was, had promised to do it from now until the end of fucking time. Yeah, right. Suddenly doesn't care about Russian hacking or mm-hmm, conflict mm-hmm. of interest or emails or unsecured phone lines. <laughs> the fact that, you know, he's getting the Trump's getting a reach around from Vladimir Putin or on and on and on. I mean, genuinely criminal activities. Jason Chaffetz, that good Mormon, that good God fearing Mormon uh, doesn't give a shit about. Yeah. And Jennifer Rubin was like, maybe Utah needs another representative. Yeah. Um, which is a shocking thing to hear from Jennifer Rubin if you've ever read any of her stuff. And I don't ever want to see her on television. I don't want to read her. I She needs to be gone with the rest of them. But the fact that she can shrug off this both siderist nonsense uh, long enough to say, look, look, the game has changed, okay? There's an actual fascist lunatic running the country and a bunch of craven collaborators and quizlings and and assholes and monsters helping him run the country. That transcends partisanship. And people who go along with this uh, need to go. That is a radical, and she's in the media, she talks, she's on television. That is a radically different view of what's wrong with our politics from the same camp than Matthew Dowd, who cannot, who on, swear to God, on Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it was, was chastising Democrats for obstructing Republicans. Because hypocrisy. You know, yeah. when, when Republicans did it, Democrats complained, and now the Democrats do it, Republicans complain. Oh, the hypocrisy. Oh, 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 oh. All right. Democrats are monsters and hypocrites for opposing Republicans. Got it. The next day, he's chastising Republicans for not obstructing Donald Trump, for not <laughs> blocking Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you really are just mentally ill. Yep. Because you really don't see what you're looking at when you look at in the mirror, because if you did, you would never ever get out of bed again yep um and that's and again that person is in charge of he's the chief political analyst for abc news he's not nobody his his crackpot opinions carry a lot of weight david brooks is i wouldn't talk about him but mm-hmm. uh, and i will talk about him if you like this column uh, after i catch my breath um, <laughs> i'm gonna take over for you for a minute let you please catch do. your breath please do <laughs> because uh you don't know about this yet drift class this is breaking news oh crap February 3rd, it's now almost 2 p.m. Central Time. Mm-hmm. This was tweeted uh, at 12.35 p.m., I'm assuming Eastern Time, although I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Chuck Todd tweeted, yeah. uh-huh. Our political discourse would improve if folks in power and in the opposition could spend even just a second in each other's shoes. Uh... So uh, I, there's I... about seven billion responses to this i i I was so afraid that that sentence was going to end with the word arms (laughs) they should spend time in each other's arms no they should spend time in each other's shoes so my four responses so far (laughs) have been uh and you've heard these before drip glass but i'll read them you cannot stand on both sides of the edmund pettus bridge that's one of our classic ones um uh, hey, Chuck Todd, can you ask conservatives to stand in the shoes of one who knows Obama was born in the USA and won two elections fairly? Yeah. Uh, stand in the shoes of one who agrees with 97% of scientists on climate change? Yeah. Uh, both sides don't think Sandy Hook was a false flag, Chuck Todd. This White House is giving credentials to quote-unquote reporters who believe that. Uh, and then we have other people. Um, Piss SCOTUS. <laughs> ah. Jeb Lund says, 
Serious question. What part of Medicare and Medicaid should the working class poor give up so they can understand tech billionaires? Yeah. Tell me how you would look an old woman in the face and explain deficit neutrality. Um, and, uh, oh, this is a good one from the same person. Piss Scotus Jeblund says, you're a nice guy, Chuck, but realize now that you're cultivating relationships with 500 people. Right. When 310 million are behind you. You work in an overwhelmingly white male industry that covers an even whiter and more male government, Chuck Todd. Uh, what steps have you personally taken in your own life? This is Raymond saying this, uh, What steps have you taken personally in your own life outside of work to engage with minorities and women? Um, Stop quoting motivational posters and maybe start taking action. Yeah, absolutely. Scott Tobias says, you have a lot of nerve, Chuck Todd, asking for empathy for a party busy polluting streams, banning refugees, and ransacking savings accounts. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Elliot Lustig said... Uh, Chuck Todd, I really tried. I gave this a good effort. I imagined what it would be like to really stand in the shoes of people who hate black people and Muslims. It made me want to kill myself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Actually, you know, Chuck Todd is making a lot of sense. Let's block a Supreme Court nominee and see how it feels. <laughs> Yay! Golf clap for you. Golf clap for you, sir. <laughs> um, I, as you might, I, I don't know if you, I read across a lot of different um, domains, but I read a lot of similar people week, week in, week out. And I can tell you that um, among the Chuck Todds of the world, um, as the um, fascism has been uh, growing, uh, Chuck Todd, Michael Gerson, um, Matthew Dowd, and uh, David Brooks, all of them have adopted what I refer to as, in David Brooks's case, pseudo-rabbinical argle-bargle. Mm-hmm. It's all about feeling and reaching out and being, you know, godly and being and there's sort of like, you know, you, you in this Bible study course you're taking, you're studying quotes that are not actually in the Bible, but people think they are. Um, yes, yes, I am. Yep. These people's these people's hard. You know, these are these are supposed to be hard nosed political professionals or at least analysts who can tell you what the fuck is going on in your country. Clearly, mm-hmm. they don't know anything about what's going on in America. None of these people have the slightest idea what's going on in this country and haven't for years. They know what's going on in, in a 20-square-mile circle called the Beltway or whatever it is. But they know nothing about this country, and they have been spending years jerking each other off inside the Beltway, bragging to each other about how, how well they've sussed out what working people really want. And they've gotten mm-hmm. everything wrong every time. Uh, when reality slaps them in the face – they do this. They, you know, if only we could just walk a mile in each other's shoes. Mm-hmm. If only, and 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 if only we could reach out to each other, and touch each other in our special happy places. You know, if only we and and you hear this kind of um, pseudo religious. Let's all take a breath and let's all reach across and understand we're all sinners. We're all broken. The world is a broken and sinful place, and we need to be humble and. Okay, are you going to give up your fucking mansion? Well, no, of course not. And this kind of humility talk from people who have absolutely none and who've been absolutely wrong, and it's always for other people. We all need to do this. Um, one of the things that Mr. Brooks says in his column today, which was a uh, plag- he plagiarized his own work, by the way. He did. He did. <laughs> Literally, title and all. Uh, a column from 20 years ago that I remembered and maybe nobody else did. Um, That's why you're the world's leadest, leading Brooksologist. I know. I am. Um, 
and he it, it's 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 a masterpiece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is. It is it is his column, literally column and all his tw- column from twenty years ago, in the service of saying that the myth of America has now been bruised by all of these forces that are that are competing. Oh, it's just very so very sad. So he takes his venom out on uh, the American education system, mm-hmm. which teaches shapeless multiculturalism. Instead of real American history, the irony that David Brooks, who was a, whose only diploma is a his, is a bachelor's degree in history from the University of Chicago, mm-hmm. um, is lecturing people who has lied about the Republican Party for twenty fucking years, who makes up completely fake Republican history that where Rush Limbaugh and Newt Gingrich do not exist, and Fox News doesn't exist either, um, yeah. is lecturing people on the fact that we need to teach real American history and not this shapeless multiculturalism that's ruining all the kids and their Twitters. Well, if if David Brooks had his way, the world would be run by, by white men with powdered wigs Yes, uh, talking to one another at Davos about humility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, that would be it. But And, and, th- and there's, a, you know, this, our culture's been bruised by people on yeah. the left who are uncomfortable with patriotism. Uh-huh. And people on the right who are uncomfortable with the federal government that is necessary to lead our project. And on and on and on. It's, it's you know, it, no mention of fault, no mention of who's to blame. Everyone's to blame. Both sides are to blame. But this one jumped out at me. Our, our myth of American greatness has been bruised by an intellectual culture that can't imagine providence. Mm-hmm. That means mm-hmm. you, you godless atheist libtards. That yeah, means you. Yeah. Don, you are to blame for Donald Trump, at least in part. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's... And and so here's the thing. And this is what it it, it is unknowable. Um, there are not. It's not that it's unknowable because people don't know it. There are plenty of people in the news business who know the answer to this question. They will not say it though. The answer is the question is when Chuck Todd does something like this. You know, he gets out over his skis sometimes and, and really kind of uh, he he really scuffed up um, a couple of uh, Trump assholes on Meet the Press two weeks in a row. I think. And then suddenly it's, you know, we should all be a lot more forgiving and handholding and understanding of each other. My question is, uh, is that Phil Griffin pulling his mm-hmm. leash and telling mm-hmm. him, listen, Todd, you could have your own David Gregory podcast, too. Because <laughs> there's a guy named Joe Scarborough who would just love to sit in that fucking chair. So how about you, 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 you toddle your little ass down to your studio and start telling people that both sides are to blame for this. And we've got to be more fucking understanding of each other right now. Yes, well, I think Chuck Todd has internalized that message so deeply. That's the question. That he really believes it. I don't That's, think he needs. Does, I don't think he needs Phil Griffin or anybody. Does to he that. wear a collar, or is is his no. collar so internalized he doesn't need? Yeah. He self censors. Doesn't need one. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that's the business he's in. But yep. the question can can be answered. There are thousands of people working in the television industry who know exactly why these people are allowed on the air, and mm-hmm. none of them talk. And I think right. I know why. Why? Uh, there's a. Uh, it's in our podcast notes. <laughs> um, there's a reporter named Lewis uh, Wallace. Yeah. This is reported in the Daily Beast. Lewis Wallace stood up for journalism, and it cost him his job. He was not expecting to be fired from the public radio station and a public radio job at Marketplace when he published a blog post. Mind you, he it was a blog post. Yeah. Uh, not on the air about the fact that j- journalistic neutrality and the challenges of being transgender journalism in the era of alternate facts. Mm-hmm. He thought it was important to carry on a public conversation. He didn't want to get fired, but he thought it was important to talk about. Um, and he followed up his post by announcing Tuesday that he'd been fired. 
Um, he'd been fired. He was asked to remove his original blog post about journalistic neutrality. And then he was terminated when he made the decision to republish the post. Um, it was about false equivalence. It was about yeah. false equivalence and the fact that false equivalence isn't working now. And according to Wallace's account, he was told that his blog violated Marketplace Code of Ethics because he questioned the way in which journalistic ideals like objectivity and neutrality can be abused by people and organizations who don't believe in facts mm-hmm. and who hold morally repre- reprehensible positions like white supremacy. He also wrote that journalists shouldn't care if they're labeled politically correct or liberal for simply reporting the facts. And that he laid out his own position as a transgender journalist at a time when basic human rights for transgender people are under siege. And he Mm -hmm. points out after years of silence and denial, uh, the media has finally picked up our stories. And and this is about the use of public facilities, not to be harassed, fired or even killed. He can't be neutral or centrist in a debate about his own humanity. Right. Um, Right. And he was told by management that basically taking any position – on any and, and here's a here's a, an exact quote um, where the New York Times called Trump's false claims of widespread voter voter fraud a lie, which was breaking. Right. NPR senior vice president Michael Oreskes has notably refused to do so, saying that quote the minute you start branding things with a word like lie, you push people away from you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's the problem. Chuck Todd wants liars to be given the same courtesy and respect, and we should walk a mile in their shoes as people who don't lie. He right. wants traitors to be given the same shoe-walking treatment as people who love their country and don't betray it every fucking day. Mm-hmm. And when you say no, that's not balance. That is allowing liars and traitors onto a stage where they have no business being. You get fired. Yep. And that's the media. That's the media we have now. And I wish it weren't so. I wish it weren't true. But it is a weak thing. Um, I really hope they band together. I really hope they start working as a team. I really hope they wake the fuck up and notice that on the one side, there's American Nazi magazine. And yeah, on the other side, there's yeah. the Klan Quarterly. And maybe, right. you know what they say about a uh, poker game. If you don't know who the chump is, you're the chump. You're the chump, yeah. You, know, you look yeah. around the table and you see white supremacists and assholes and liars and World Net Daily. And, oh, my God, look, it's yeah, it's it's Jeff Gannon making a surprise return appearance from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, realize, all of a sudden. Oh, I'm the outsider. The, the, the White House is bringing in. Alex Jones to the White House press corps, and uh, it, maybe we'll end on that. The White House Correspondents' Dinner this year ah. is in trouble. The open bar for the Beltway is, might be closed this year in April because uh, of one Graydon Carter, who <laughs> is the editor of Vanity Fair magazine. And uh, Vanity Fair and The New Yorker uh, are two of the organizations that put on the biggest parties after the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And they just ain't doing it this year. Both of them have said, no, we're not going to do it. They asked Graydon Carter why, and he said, number one, Trump, and number two, the fish. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The fish is off this year. You're listening to the Professional Left Podcast, professionalleft.blogspot.com. Still brought to you by MacGuffin's Muffins. MacGuffin's Muffins, building strong plot points 12 ways. Sure, we have a couple, and I'd also like to, to very lightly at least recommend a wonderful article in Newsweek by Neil Buchanan. It's mm-hmm. um, from January uh, 28th. 
And it's entitled, Who Are the Inexcusables Who Let Trump Win? And he really goes through and says, essentially, uh, there's a lot of explanations for it, uh, a lot of truth, you know, in, in, in each explanation. But, you know, doing alternate reality checks, like, if only Donald Trump had lost New Hampshire primary, is, is as silly as saying, if only yep. Trump had never been born. If only right. he loved as a child, you know, eh, whatever. But he, he really does get down to Comey was um, a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. If, if Comey had not deliberately interfered in this election on purpose to try to advantage Donald Trump or at least cripple Hillary Clinton, she probably would have won. Yeah. Um, a number of other things. But he 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 points out the real criminals here are Republicans who tried to have it both ways, mm-hmm. who straddle the fence, who, who would – and I, I include people like Andrew Sullivan in this camp, people who would go on and say, I suppose if I were in a swing state and I had to and someone had a shotgun up my ass, I would vote for the she-devil uh, because of Western civilization and blah, blah, yep. blah. But God, I hate that woman. She's the mm-hmm. worst. But mm-hmm. I guess Trump is incrementally better. So fuck, I guess do whatever you want. And Mm -hmm. there were a lot of Republicans who made a big show about the fact they're not going to vote for Donald Trump. They're not going to vote for Donald Trump. And and by Jiminy, that's not going to happen. But he says it's basically math. Yeah. If you voted for someone other than Hillary Clinton, you threw your vote away. You gave you either gave it. You either burned it or you handed a vote to Donald Trump. It's 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 fucking arithmetic. If you did one thing, the other thing happened and you can't pretend it did. He's he was uh, I'm going to summarize unfairly. Um, what I th- what I think of as herd immunity among some people who are younger and some people who are on the left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly okay for me to be precious and special, and for me to 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 uh, uh, protest this horrible election and how everything is awful and all my choices are imperfect. I have a phone here. I can get perfect choices every time I want. I can get a pizza in three minutes. My political system has failed me because all my choices are imperfect. And I'm apparently incapable of judging the difference between imperfect and acceptable and existentially evil. They're just all they – don't, they don't taste right. I don't like them. So there was a deep-seated belief – this is my opinion – that they could all just take a holiday from this election. They could stay right. at home or they could throw their vote away or they could be grudging about it or they could just say, you know – well, and let's be clear. The media over and over and over again said Hillary that Hillary Clinton was sure. going to win and clearly that Donald Trump was such a disaster uh-huh. uh, over and over again with pussy grabbing and just he, he just ran a terrible campaign. He lost all the debates. He did. He had no plans. He had no tax returns. Lied constantly. He, he, was, he was violating every rule. And what won in this election was a sense that it doesn't matter because Hillary's going to win and she'll save us. Right. And so we don't have to make a wise choice. We can vote our id. Right. And we can vote, let's face it, our white male privilege, our mm-hmm. white, and wh- that's for white women too. There's white male privilege in the white women world, believe me. Yes, there is. And it is ingrained in... Uh, you know, this this was a white lash. This was, I don't like Obama. I don't like the insurance bill I just got. And I believe everything that Jason Chaffetz has said about Hillary Clinton for 25 years. So, uh, and I don't like her because I'm ready for a woman president. I'm just not ready for her. Yeah. You know, right. Who else is more qualified than her? Who will come along? Mm-hmm. Who will be the right woman president for you? Nobody. That's who. So uh, it's misogyny. And it's a sense of inevitability of her campaign that allowed people to 
make this quirky, horrible, disastrous mistake because uh, for our country. Well, and that's the thing that there is was built into. And you said this before about the the transition from blogging during Bush when it was fuck mm-hmm. Bush. You just write fuck Bush yeah. five times a day and you're done. Yep. Everyone would think yep. you're a hero to the a lot more complicated and interesting and frankly refreshing um, blogging when Obama was president. Right. Right. Um, that there and, are and choices. Having to, yeah. Yeah. And things ahead. are imperfect. And there is a there was a fairly large group of people. It's not the majority, but it's enough to flip and it's enough to make little changes at the margins, which is all that's necessary, who had a cottage industry in hating the White House. Right. And right. so they just went straight from uh, I hate Bush to Obama's worse. Yep. And Obama's worse. Obama's, Obama's worse. A, Obama's, Obama's worse. a secret conservative. It wasn't Obama's a secret Muslim. It wasn't Obama's not an American. It was Obama's a conservative, right? Because he's safe. And Obama's, yeah. Because it's safe. Because I can pound on him. He's, he's, you know, he's a, a punching bag. I can pound on him all day, but he will hold the water back. He right. will keep his finger in the dike. I don't have to worry about the actual monsters taking over my government. And right. it's that, not like Louis Gohmert is all of a sudden going to have a lot of power because no. I've got Barack Obama to keep me from that. And who the fuck right. would make like some lunatic like Jeff Sessions the Attorney General? Nobody would do Nobody that. Who would yeah. put that guy in charge of Exxon in charge of – make him secretary of state? That's insane. That would never happen. So I can go on with my cottage industry of bitching about Democrats while keeping one toe in the water and say, well, I'm, I'm a liberal, but Democrats just suck. They're just awful. They're awful people. And I could go right on doing that. And since Hillary's going to win anyway, I can just go right on with my cottage industry of, right. hating, of hating Democrats and hating them as neoliberal, warmongering, hawkish, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Much of, and yeah. that critique, yeah. much of which is valid. But yeah. the flip side of that, and this is this, here's one of the many, many quotes from this article. I'll only give you one. Again, everyone who stopped short of doing what was necessary to stop Trump shares in the blame. It is mm-hmm. especially poignant, however, that the group that had the most to lose for themselves, but also for the voiceless generations of, the, of whose interests they needed to protect in such large numbers could not recognize that not all choices are ideal. Mm-hmm. And as and I that's said, the, that's the under under 35 set. And as yep. I said in a, in a tweet yesterday, I don't know if you think this thing called Twitter, eh, it's kind <laughs> of an open sewer, but it has its, its virtues, you know. There were a group of people who who were offered a choice between a boring old life raft and an anvil while they were drowning. And they decided they were going to wait for Aquaman to save them. Yeah. Yeah. And now you've got an anvil around your neck and you're going down to the bottom and you're bitching that the life raft wasn't nice enough. That it was someone else's fault. That it's all those other people out there. Wasn't me. And it was you. It It really was was you. you. And it would be really nice if you would take some responsibility for it and not keep relitigating the primaries. Yeah. Well, and and the he points out in this article that those relitigating the primaries are actually engaging in a proxy war for the future of the Democratic Party. Just fine. Which, if you haven't noticed, mm-hmm. the Democratic Party is actually on the streets united mm-hmm. against Trump. Right. I'm not talking about the Congress now, and I realize that you know there are there is a list of congressmen, a list of senators, Democratic senators. Mm-hmm. Including Tim Kaine, mm-hmm. who voted yes on every single Trump nomination, mm-hmm. and are just craven self-preservationists, mm-hmm. and that's it. You know that, and you can talk about if if you're willing to go that mile of we're going to primary these people and we're going to get them out. You're going to. I know what's going to happen, and you know what's going to happen too. It's going to be uh, Connecticut all over again. Yeah. Yep. You know he'll run as an independent. And it went because the power of incumbency is that bad. And I'm sorry to be that hopeless, 
but that is the way uh, primary voters versus general election voters are. Can, can I give you a, a note of hope? So, okay, sure. I need one. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I am absolutely sure um, that our local Republican congressman mm-hmm. is freaked out by the fact that they now have to come up with a plan for the Affordable Care Act. Oh, it's it's so over with that repeal and replace thing now. I, and he is a microcosm of the entire Republican House. And what made it possible, uh, what made it mm-hmm. possible were marches and protests and calls to his office and demands to know, all right, you had six goddamn years to fix this thing. What? Show me your plan. Um, and who did who did this? Women. Exactly. Women in his district mm-hmm. got active and they are uh, connected on social media and they now have a cardboard cutout of Rodney Davis that they are tweeting over and over again. Where's Rodney? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have flat Rodney Davis. Who is... <laughs> oh, here he is. Here's he... We're having a town hall meeting with him right now. And it's this life size cardboard cutout of our congressman because he will not have a town hall meeting nope. to talk about Obamacare because nope. he knows. And and you and I talked this week about uh, that asshole who who um, primaried the uh, House Minority Whip. Brat. Brat. Dave Brat, yeah. who was actually caught on camera mm-hmm. saying, I got all these women voters up in my grill over Obamacare and they don't want to give me constructive criticism. Oh, no. No. They just want to wave you know, their birth certificate around and say, I don't want my country to be common. Oh, no. Those are town hall no, meetings. Wait, that's a totally different town hall meeting. That got you elected, asshole. So Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. And by the way, uh-huh. that is let's give one last bit of very very good news. Yeah. The polls the polls say that more Americans are aware of the women's march and more w- Americans are supportive of the goals of the women's march mm-hmm. than were supportive and aware of the Tea Party, fake tea party. at the height of its pa- f- yes, fake Tea Party uh-huh. at the height of its uh, news coverage yep. and influence in 2010. Yep. The Women's March is doing better electorally and in terms of poll numbers now than the fake Tea Party did back during the 2010 elections, which bodes very well for 2018. Okay, two things. First, Mm -hmm. thank you, George Soros, for paying each protester a million dollars (laughs) individually to get out there and go do our thing. Because I I could really I I needed that that cash and now I have it. Second, uh, I don't know if this is just is true everywhere, but in Springfield. This has caused a problem because, like, just this week, the Affordable Care March conflicted with the Immigration March. <laughs> and so there's a whole it scheduling did. thing that you have to work out now about all the different times that you or your neighbors or your friends or your church or whoever are going to show up downtown on camera because mm-hmm. this gets this is content and local news loves them some content. Um, talking smack about their local congressman, about what a coward he is. He won't come out. He won't talk to us. He won't deal with he, he, he And and it works. Yeah. And it and really, he's our, really... He's our congressman. Yeah. Yep. And this is this is what counts, is your congressman is supposed to respond to what you say. And he's supposed to represent you. Works for you. And there's nothing congressmen hate more than an engaged, angry constituency. Oh. They'd rather just go along and meet with Cool company executives, right. Right. <laughs> and uh, meet the need that way. So yeah, that's the way that goes. Uh, make those phone calls, people. It's it's uh, important. I'm not saying that uh, everyone isn't going to get into Trump's cabinet. That mm-hmm. including DeVos, it's it's not 
clear that there will be enough Republicans yet to uh, they put off the vote till Monday, but um, it's just not clear that there will be enough votes. And, you know, if if Pence does the tiebreaker, then Pence does the tiebreaker. And that's your that's your future in the education department. So and and uh, to circle back um, to our very beginning, um, I want to just finish off if I can with a fast. What happened this week? Go right ahead. Uh, We may or may not be invading Mexico. Nobody knows if if President Stupid is kidding. Uh, Dodd-Frank is probably dead on arrival. He's probably dead now. Uh, so congratulations, Republicans. You finally uh, have undone the— And you know what, what Trump's argument for that was? Was that his friends—he literally said, my my business friends cannot get loans because they of all the regulations. Do you know how hard it is to open a casino now? Without, uh, without a bunch of loans that you can uh, default on? It's just it's nearly impossible. <laughs> nearly impossible. Uh, yeah, so it's it's his buddies. Uh, so yeah. the half-assed, imperfect protection that Democrats were able to pass, this should remind you a lot of the assault weapons ban, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, assault weapons ban passed by Bill Clinton, passed by the Democratic Congress. Uh, Democrats stood up and said, no, we're, we're banning just this one thing. We're not going to get rid of all guns, but this little class of weapons here is so lethal and so completely unnecessary. And they risked it. It went on a limb. The limb was chopped off behind them. Uh, Bill Clinton, I believe, famously said, uh, if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't have twisted their arms because it cost them their jobs. The mm-hmm. House flipped, and as soon as the Republicans got control of the Congress again, they rolled that right back. Yep. So, And by the way, they've rolled back uh, this week. Uh-huh. Uh, they are working to roll back an executive order that Obama signed in December uh, where he called the NRA's bluff. Mm-hmm. This is something that Vegas Jesse wrote about at Crooks and Liars. Mm-hmm. He called the NRA's bluff and actually signed an executive order about the mentally ill and doing mental health stuff in regards to access to guns. Because, you know, it's not all gun owners. It's really something if we got behind mental health, we wouldn't have these mass shootings. So he called their bluff and went and figured out that, okay, we're going to do mental health tests. And someone who has already been designated as a mental health risk uh, will not be allowed to buy a gun. And they're... uh, the MDs, the the people that have medical degrees in the Congress, including Barrasso, mm-hmm. uh, are all voting with the NRA on this one. And uh, Bluff called and Bluff, it, it was all a bluff. Mm-hmm. They really do want the mentally ill to have access to weapons. Yes, they do. So, they want everyone to have access to weapons. Yeah. So um, uh, uh, Trump has also pledged to bulldoze the Johnson Amendment, uh, mm-hmm. smash the separation of church and, state, church and state, all gone. Yeah, uh, your your local wingnut um, faith based uh, organization, front group for a fascist uh, uh, abuse of the Bible um, by awful people, uh, will be granted uh, that has tax exempt, tax exempt status will now be free to participate openly. Uh, and use their tax. I, I to... think that's going to backfire on them, just like giving uh, the Black Panthers guns. Because yeah. you start making Moral Mondays uh-huh. uh, all about fundraising. <laughs> what and you happened? Say churches can fundraise for Moral Mondays yeah. uh, in church. And oppose specific and black candidates. Churches, and black churches uh-huh. can uh, bring up their own candidates yep. and have church rallies yeah. and not lose their tax-exempt status. Hey, you know, how's that going to work out for you, North Carolina legislature? I wonder how that's going to work out for you. Uh, also, yeah. uh, President Stupid's first military action was an un- <sighs> was a completely avoidable disaster um, that his his press secretary and uh, other people have been lying about on the air. Uh, based- and Drift Glass, some of my liberal colleagues have been very hesitant to talk about that because there, but for the grace of God, goes Obama. And that this is something where 
you know, drones and we get into the situation of just wartime, mm -hmm. mistakes get made and there's problems. I, well, I agree. But, but I, here's the deal. I agree. Here's the deal. Mm -hmm. Trump took full credit for Barack Obama's jobs numbers today. Right, absolutely. He takes full credit wherever anything good is now going on. It, oh, it happened under my watch. I get to, I get to take full credit. Mm -hmm. So he is going to take the blame. And apparently, the last I heard, he hadn't even updated the uh, military intelligence from November on this raid. He just said, well, Barack Obama didn't want to do it. No, we're going to do it. Uh -huh. And uh, it blew up in his face and literally killed a soldier and uh, killed some civilians and uh, was a disaster. Was a disaster. And, and his, yes. his first one out of the box. And I again, I, I don't want to make light of this. I don't want to uh, uh, absolve Barack Obama for killing yeah. people. Uh, using drones and other means uh, were civilians, sometimes Americans. During What I would like to point out is I would like to know when Jason Chaffetz is going to convene the first hearing right? on right. this obvious fuck-up and mm -hmm. how many hearings will we have until we get to the real truth of the matter. That's what we're I We're having 43, here, 43 different subjects his committee is going to look at this year, mm -hmm. and none of them are related to Trump. Yeah. Um, so looping this back to the assault weapons ban from 1992, I think— Two or three. Mm -hmm. uh, it's important to remember that shutting down the government, sabotaging the Democratic president, um, blocking everything, obstructing everything, lying constantly, upping the level of white nationalist lunatic rhetoric to the point where Tim McVeigh blew up a fucking building. Filibustering your own bill. Uh -huh. This is blocking not, a Supreme Court nomination. This is not new. Yeah. This is what happens. With the, we're talking about all the way back to the original uh, – when David Brooks originally wrote his article that he wrote today. Mm -hmm. In 1996. 19, yeah. he, wrote, he wrote an article in 1997 that he basically plagiarized oh, today, and that's the one I, I quoted oh. before. But the, that entire multi-decade span of time should prove to anyone with any sentience that Republicans cannot be allowed to govern anything. I was going to say the only – there is – and I said this over and over again at Crooks and Liars. There is only – one way to punish these people. It's not assassination. No, no, it's it's not prayer. Nope. It's not. It is drive them from vote power. them out of office. Drive them from power permanently forever. Uh -huh. Yep, that is the only way to punish them. And that's where you guys come in. And that's hard because you're the voters hard. and you are the liberal media. You are the you are the evangels of the good word. You're the people mm -hmm. who need to be out there um, when you're not taking a mental health break. Right. Um, doing what you're doing now, probably marching, right. protesting and writing your congressman and showing calling up your congressman and calling your senators mm -hmm. and uh, making sure that the truth is out there. Uh, yes, yes, it is. All right. We got to wrap we it up. We love you guys. I got to roll. We love you. But we love you guys. We really do. All right. Each week we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet kitties are Puck and Olive. olive it is a trend there's another olive on our website um we have a message from the she calls herself their ape <laughs> <laughs> the puck and olive's ape <laughs> they they puck and olive want to thank you drift glass and blue gal for keeping their ape sane enough <laughs> to continue the important duty of bringing home canned food <laughs> yes we have that duty here too yes you said duty duty it is your duty to do this yes and uh you will find olive is sort of reclined behind puck in this picture uh do not let that pose fool you olive is a terror that's what i have heard all right 
We have a terror named Olive here, too. Yes, we do. Uh, you can send your internet kitty to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, or you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go Postal Unions, letter on the air, unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. And we have heard from, I always say, when, I've heard, when I hear from three listeners, then I know I need to say something. Mm-hmm. We heard from three listeners this week, Drift Glass, yes. who said, I will be sending you money when my tax refund comes. Okay. <laughs> and we know, about, we know all about that, so really, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate you remembering us when your tax refund comes. Uh, don't sweat it. That sounds great. Don't forget our Amazon link at our website. We believe in buying local. We also believe in shopping Amazon with our link if your alternative is a big box store. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution when their tax return money comes in. You can, too, see our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, for details. Both our PayPal and postal address information is there at professionalleft.blogspot.com. I want to say, too, that uh, I learned today, and this is this is important, uh, you know, Peter Thiel, who's an awful person, yes. is no longer with PayPal. Really? He is not on the board. He is not uh, running any part of the organization at PayPal. Uh, he's out. And so um, and he's not he's not even on the board of PayPal anymore. So uh, I learned that from our friends at Grab Your Wallet, the hashtag Grab Your Wallet who have had a great success today in getting Ivanka Trump merchandise out of Nordstrom. Ah. Congratulations on that. Uh, but that has always been a concern of mine um, that, you know, this right wing nut job, we're actually giving him money and it bothers me a lot, but uh, it's the easiest way to, to do internet transactions and we kind of need it. So, um, you know, I've swallowed my morality in that regard, but I learned today from grab your wallet that yes, PayPal is uh, dissociated from Peter Thiel. So that makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Please share our show on Facebook or Twitter, and we thank you for doing that. Hey, Drift Glass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties are on strike until I scoop all the chaffits out of their litter boxes. Let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the wine and the crying, the shooting and the dying and the flower and the switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. The Professional Love Podcast Recorded under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2016, Drift Glass, Blue Gal Podcast.